Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Good morning to my People's Baptist Church family. Good morning to our guests and friends, those who are here in the sanctuary and those who are worshiping with us online. We are delighted to be able to come into the presence of God to give him worship and praise for his goodness and his faithfulness to us. Today the title of the message is The Amazing Grace of God. The Amazing Grace of God. We're all familiar with the following statements. There's no such thing as a free lunch. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. We make our money the old-fashioned way. We earn it. God helps those who help themselves. Of course, many of these things are not true. God helps those who can't help themselves. The American work ethic says, you get what you pay for, and you get what you deserve. And because we have been brought up with uh, sayings like these, it's very hard to relate to the fact that God is a gracious God and he gives us what we need when we need it. Psalm 86 and verse 15 says, But you, Lord God, or you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. So the question really is, what does grace mean? Very simply, grace means that God gives us what we need, not what we deserve. Or grace is unmerited favor, the unmerited favor of God. The Bible says it is God's nature to bless undeserving people. Isaiah 30 and verse 18 says, The Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. God loves to be gracious. His grace is unconditional, it is unlimited, and it is unending. And today I want us to look at three ways God's amazing grace makes a difference in your life and mine. And first, God's saving grace removes our guilt. Since nobody is perfect, we all have guilt because we have all sinned. Everybody makes mistakes. Every human being has sinned. And this is why the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 3.23, not in your outline, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. 
But in Ephesians chapter 1, 7, and 8, Paul is even more explicit, uh, reading from the Good News translation. Paul says, For by the blood of Christ we are set free. That is, our sins are forgiven. How great is the grace of God which he gave to us in such large measure. This is the most basic truth of Christianity. That Jesus Christ has already paid for all of our sins, the sins of mankind, and all we have to do is to acknowledge it, accept it, and give our lives to serving the Lord. There's no reason for any of us to go around with a load of guilt. Notice Paul says, we are set free. Set free from what? Free from condemnation, free from guilt, free from worry. Even if there was no heaven, it would be worth it to become a Christian just to have a clear conscience. There's no reason to live with regret. There's no reason to live with guilt. And that is such good news for us as human beings. God's saving grace removes our guilt when we place our trust in Jesus Christ and the work that he did on Calvary. And the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9, that was read earlier for us, says, For it is by God's grace that you have been saved through faith. It is not the result of your own efforts, but God's gift, so that no one can boast about it. The point is that salvation is based on God's mercy, not on our merit. Salvation is based on God's promise, not on our performance. You cannot earn it. It's almost comical the way some people try to uh, earn salvation or to earn forgiveness. Uh, One way which we're all familiar with when you talk to some people is called salvation by comparison. And so you find that there are people who will say, I don't need to become a Christian or to join a church because I'm better than the Christians that I know who go to church every Sunday. And that may be an indictment on us as Christians. But the fact is that you may be better than so-and-so, better than even the pastor, But God doesn't judge you according to me. I'm not the standard, and neither is anybody else. The Bible says God himself is the standard, and we all fall short of God's standard. But God's saving grace removes our guilt. If we could save ourselves, the death of Christ would be a waste. There would be no reason for him to die. The most important decision any of us could make is to receive God's saving grace as a gift from God. But it does not stop at that, at that point. So number two, God's strengthening grace reshapes our life. It helps us to become the person we want to be and the person God wants us to be. God's strengthening grace molds and reshapes our life. God loves us the way we are, 
but he loves us too much to let us stay the way we are. God is the potter. We are the clay. And he is molding us and shaping our lives to become like his son, Jesus Christ. He is the model. And we are being uh, fashioned and, and recreated in order to become like Jesus Christ. So that when we see him face to face, we will indeed be like him. Some of us say by word and action, God, I can shape my life into who I want to be. And that's a big mistake. Listen to the writer to Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 9. So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace not from rules about food which don't help those who follow them. And we don't have time to go into the reason why, why the, this writer was, um, was, was saying that. Uh, oftentimes Paul says it's, it's um, or people say it's Paul that is writing, but Hebrews is different from all the other apostles in terms of style and, um, and the content. A big problem is Christianity, or people start their Christian life as a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then they turn to rules that are man-made, people who um, want you to live a certain way. So they start with just being in love with Jesus and then fall back into a religious syndrome of rules and regulations. You had that in the, in, the, in the early church, and you have that today. A brand new Christian is excited and happy and, and rejoicing in the Lord. Then all of a sudden, he or she makes the mistake of watching some other Christians, how they act, how they dress, and how they speak. And the fun and excitement of being in love with Jesus is replaced by rules and regulations. You can't do that and this, and you can't do that. And there are a lot of negatives that are presented to you, and you wonder whether Christianity is about um, what you are and what you do rather than what you don't do. Listen to the Apostle Paul in Colossians chapter 2, 6 and 7. Paul says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. So the way you became a Christian is the way you continue as a Christian. How, do you, how did you become a Christian? By promising to be perfect? Not at all. How do you live the Christian life? By promising to be perfect? No. Simply by receiving God's grace and letting it change your life. So God's saving grace removes our guilt. God's strengthening grace reshapes our life. But number three, God's sustaining grace relieves our hurts. It relieves our hurts and helps us to keep going when we want to give up. 
the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and um, particularly in verses 7 through 9, tells us about a, a physical problem that he had that was very, very painful. He says, So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. If Paul prayed and didn't get the answer he wanted in order that he might do the ministry that God had given to him, he thought he could be so much better uh, as, a, as, a, as a preacher of the gospel, as a missionary, without the pain that he was, what he was experiencing. If he didn't get an answer, should I, should I pray about the problem that I'm having? Of course. You see, Hebrews 4 and verse 15 and 16 says, Our high priest, that is Jesus Christ, our high priest is not one who cannot feel sympathy for our weaknesses. On the contrary, we have a high priest who was tempted in every way that we are, but did not sin. Let us have confidence then and approach God's throne where there is grace. There we will receive mercy and find grace to help us just when we need it. You see, when you have a problem, when you have a crisis, when you have a painful situation in your life, and you pray for God to remove it, one of two things is going to happen. One, God may remove the problem that is his strengthening grace. Or two, he may leave the problem in your life and give you sustaining grace to handle it so that you can learn something as you go through the problem. You see, we would never learn anything if our problems were instantly removed. We learn much more through pain than we do through pleasure. Sometimes God has to leave the problem in our lives, but whenever he does, he gives us the grace to deal with it. God removes our guilt by his saving grace. He reshapes our life by his strengthening grace, but he relieves our hurts and helps us through our problems with his sustaining grace. So when you get that down, when you understand that fully, then nothing can devastate your life. No problem, no crisis, no hurts, no stress can devastate your life because you realize and you know that God's grace is sufficient. So what happens if I don't depend on God's grace? What happens if I just rely on myself and try to work things out my own way? Hebrews 12, 15 gives us an answer here. It says, be careful 
that none of you fails to respond to the grace which God gives. For if you do, there can very easily spring up in you a bitter spirit which can poison the lives of many others. So when you try to handle a hurt on your own, you are going to get bitter. Some of you have been hurt very deeply in the past by family members, by a spouse, by um, people at work. And there are many ways in which we have been hurt. And um, we still remember it. And it hurts. Just the very thought of that memory triggers anger. So how do you get rid of a hurtful memory? The only antidote to a painful memory is the grace of God. You receive God's grace into your life and then you offer it to the offending person if they are still around and let them go. You don't hold on to a hurt. You receive God's grace into your life and then be gracious and offer forgiveness to that person and let them go for your own sake. It's the only antidote. Some of you listening to me today need God's saving grace. You need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and to have the assurance that God has forgiven you for sins past, present, and future. Others of you need God's strengthening grace. There are things in your life that you would like to change. Weaknesses, habits, and you don't have the power to make those changes. You need God's strengthening grace. So how do you get God's strengthening grace? Admit that you need it and ask him for it. You are a Christian, but maybe you have gotten off track. You're just, you're just not as close to God as you used to be. You've fallen away somewhat. You know that everything isn't all right between you and God. As a result, you are frustrated, defeated, and under stress. You think it is hard to get back to the place you used to be when you came to know Jesus Christ in those high moments when you felt his presence and, and uh, experienced uh, his grace in a greater dimension. All you need to do is to go before the Lord and say, God, here am I. I want to be in love with you again. I want to experience you in all of your fullness and to be able to live my life in a manner that will please you and give me joy and peace. Some of you need God's sustaining grace. Maybe you have given up on a relationship, you have given up on a job or a dream, whatever. Maybe you have a physical pain, emotional pain, or pain in a relationship. God wants to say to you that his grace will sustain you and help you to do the things that are right. God's grace is available to you right here and right now. Always remember that it is God's grace that makes heavy burdens bearable. It is God's grace that makes painful suffering endurable. 
It is God's grace that make big disappointments faceable and God's grace that make daily pressures manageable. Never forget that none of us deserve God's goodness. None of us deserve God's forgiveness. None of us deserve God's healing, God's unlimited love for God's marvelous mercy. But because of God's amazing grace, we can receive this and more every day of our life. It is the grace of God that lifts us up when we are down, gives us comfort when we sorrow, keeps us safe when we are in danger, that sees us through the long dark nights, that strengthens us when we are weak, that gives us hope when we are discouraged, that forgives our sins when we repent and supplies us with answers to our prayers. Without God's amazing grace, our burdens would be too heavy to bear, our sorrows would be too great to survive, our hearts would be too broken to heal, and our fears would be too fierce to overcome. God declared that his grace would always be sufficient, regardless of what we may be facing, regardless of what disappointments we may encounter, regardless of the shortcomings that we may have, regardless of what our past may have been. God's grace is available to us at all times. There are no long lines when you go to the Father, and nobody is ever turned away. All one has to do is to ask, no references are needed and no resume is required. God is never too busy to hear our request or to satisfy our need. Whatever our circumstances may be, God's amazing grace can transform them from failure into success, from enemies into friends, from sorrow into joy, from duties into delight, from miseries into miracles. Someone has written, Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise, for it was grace that brought, had bought my liberty. I do not know just why Christ came to save me so. He looked beyond my fault and saw my need. And there's another hymn which says, Wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus. Deeper than the mighty rolling sea, higher than the mountain, sparkling like a fountain, all-sufficient grace for even me, broader than the scope of my transgressions, greater far than all my sin and shame. Oh, magnify the precious name of Jesus. Praise his name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617 427 0424. 
Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.